Hello and welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast where we talk about all things business, money, marketing, and life. If you are wanting to upskill your business knowledge or just need some motivation in your life and career journey, you are in the right place. My name's ELU and I'm a 28-year-old entrepreneur with seven businesses and one TV series under my belt. Some of those businesses have done really well and others have failed miserably. So I'm here to share my learnings with you and whatever it is that you want out of this life, let's make it happen for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Explosive Social, our digital marketing agency. We help brands of all sizes around the world scale with social media, influencer marketing, Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Snapchat, and TikTok ads. So in today's episode, the power of influencer marketing, paying a Kardashian six figures for a sponsored post, I'll be joined by Brianna Barrett. Brie is our marketing manager and works alongside me. We'll be discussing one of the most popular marketing trends every business owner should embrace, influencer marketing. Thanks for the intro, Ea. I'm super excited to be here talking about one of my favorite topics. This is one of our main marketing strategies we like to implement for our explosive social clients and our in-house e-commerce brands. Influencer marketing has an unprecedented growth in recent years, and in 2022, brands worldwide are expected to spend 15 billion on influencer marketing. Isn't that a huge number? Yeah, 15 that is billion. insane. The influencer marketing landscape has definitely changed dramatically over the past five years, and we're constantly adapting our strategies so that we can keep up. Yeah, a lot has definitely changed in the past few years. So when I first started my business waist trainer in 2015, this was a shapewear brand. Uh, At the time, influencer marketing wasn't even a thing. Like that was not a thing. No one said influencer marketing. Mm. Uh, Instagram was still kind of new. Facebook was actually the main platform. Um, But I started seeing people on my Instagram feed promoting products. And I ended up buying products that way because I'd seen them on Instagram. So I thought to myself, if I had purchased a product this way, then other people must also be doing the same thing. Mm. So I started reaching out to people online and began offering them shapewear in exchange for social media posting, wearing the product. I started Waste Trainer with only $5,000. My budget was super tight and we bootstrapped and we ended up selling over 100,000 units of shapewear in just the first year. We also secured a deal with Kylie Jenner to promote our brand on her platform. And in 2017, she wasn't as famous then as she is now. I think she's just surpassed 300 million followers on Instagram and become the first woman to reach 300 million followers. 300 million followers. Crazy. That's a huge number. Yeah, that is a lot of people. Um, So for our audience that have no clue what influencer marketing is, Essentially, it's utilizing the influence or database of someone else to build a relationship between that person and your business or your brand. Mm, Yeah, and there are so many reasons why businesses should be working with influencers. Influencers help build brand trust for your brand and for your products. It's also a great way to get content of people using your products. We call this user-generated content or UGC, and this can be repurposed onto your own platform so it saves you time in creating content. As we all know, not everyone is great at taking photos or producing video content, so it's really great when you can outsource this to people in exchange for product and possibly sometimes a small payment. It's also a great way to grow your business social following by gaining the followers of the other person who is doing the posting for you. And it's also a great way to reach new audiences. There are many different definitions of influencers from nano, micro and macro. It's hard to kind of give numbers around what influencers fall into each of these categories. Every country is different and every business has their own strategy and how they work with these groups. So this is pretty general, but 
for our in-house brands and what we do with our clients, we define nano influencers as someone with a smaller account. So most of their posts are organic, it's images of their friends, their family, special occasions. They have a close connection with their followers because they are mostly friends, family or acquaintances. Um, and I'll give an example of when we work with nano influencers. So for Good For Me, Watch is our in-house brand. We have a lower price point products and we really need brand trust built around it as it is a supplement product. So we use nano influencers to create content for us that we do repurpose on our own channels. This shows diversity, this also builds brand trust. Um, so that's why we work with nanos. And then a micro influencer, we kind of define them as someone who is actively trying to grow their social following. Um, they post more regularly than nano influencers and they have more of a curated feed and content. They also do a small amount of brand deals and depending on the individual influencer and the price point of the product on offer, some will charge for content and others are happy to do it in exchange for the product or for the service. From our experience out of the whole influencer hierarchy, micro-influencers do convert the best for us and they are the lowest risk. They produce great content that can be reshared and many have a really engaged audience compared to macro-influencers. And then when we talk about macro-influencers, these usually have over 100,000 followers and the main purpose of working with them is to grow your social following, have mass brand awareness um, and just align yourself with well-known people. So for our clients that we manage and our in-house brands, we usually use a range of micro to macro influencers. Uh, it's good to do a mix of all of them. Mm. Um, and we usually use macro influencers for product promotions, uh, giveaways to grow our social following, as well as ma mass brand exposure. But it can be pretty hard to forecast what your return is going to be, mm. especially if the rates, like if their fees are in the thousands and you have a low value product, it can be pretty hard to make back your spend. Um, so it's important to consider that there are other objectives when working with the influencers, not just sales. So things like brand trust, brand awareness, um, getting professional content and increasing your engagement. So it's not all about the sales. Mm, and such a good point as well. And I think what you mentioned before, it's great to work with a few. So don't just put all your focus onto micro-influencers. Don't put all your spend into macro-influencers. It's really good to work with a range so you know who is going to work best for your business and for your products. So what would you say are the most common mistakes that you've seen with businesses working with influencers? Mm, I would say one of the most common mistakes is businesses working with an influencer that doesn't have the correct target audience for their product. I see this all the time and sometimes it really frustrates me because we obviously work with influencers every day, day in, day out. We know who works best and who doesn't. And when I see a brand working with a product that is maybe targeted towards females and then they have a beautiful influencer who is promoting it, but all of that influencer's followers are male, it isn't going to convert as well. They're not going to get the response that they're after. Um, and the brand often doesn't even realize that. They don't read the insights, read the analytics. They just assume if someone takes good photos and has good engagement and good following, um, that they're going to convert for their brand. So that's probably the biggest mistake. The second biggest mistake that we see a lot is brands who overpay for influencers and they don't negotiate the rates. A lot of the time when they get um, sent the rates from like management or the influencer, they just accept it the first time. Um, it's really important to read the insights and like I talked about before, gender percent's a huge one, story views, country breakdown, city breakdown. Again, it all depends what your products are and who you're trying to target, but it's always good to try and negotiate that rate down because often management and influencers are happy to do that if you give them reasoning. So if 
you just say, look, we've got your rates and we've seen your insights. We really want to work with you, but we are targeting females. And because your percent is male, we would like to negotiate your rate to this. Um, and probably the third one is unrealistic expectations and thinking it's a one size fits all. So if they see a brand do a collaboration with a certain influencer and they heard that they got X amount of sales and then they work with that influencer as well, but they don't see the same results um, that they had expected, it's going to be different. Not the audience might not love your products as much as they love the other products. There could be multiple factors, the kind of content, the images, the time it was posted. Um, so that's probably a big mistake too, is people thinking that they're gonna get the same results from the same person time and time again. Yeah, and uh, not having a contract and a brief with posting instructions and posting deliverables. Like even if you have a one page agreement that has your expectations on it as the brand um, to, to kind of explain like what kind of social posting they should be doing and what they're going to get, mm -hmm. um, whether it's, a, you know, whether they're posting a three frame story series, a minimum of 45 seconds or a reel posted onto their main feed, you really want to clarify and just make sure that it's very specific so that this prevents either one of you guys getting disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, other things you might want to clarify are like how long it needs to be left up on their account, whether they can work with competitors. Mm -hmm. So all of these little things that uh, you might get upset about or you know they might not think about you really want to specify everything mm. yeah totally you want to make sure it's all talked about um, before the post goes live so there are no discrepancies and everyone is on the same page we have had a few examples before where the brief might, might not have been read correctly by the influencer and some things do go wrong so approving content is really important as well if you are doing any kind of pre promotion make sure you see the caption they have a discount code um, you know what the content looks like so that's super important too all those are really really great tips while we're on the topic of influencer marketing, I think one of the most iconic New Zealand business influencer campaigns I've ever seen was when you got Kylie Jenner in 2017 to promote Waist Trainer. I think a lot of people saw that and they were so excited that it was a little New Zealand brand um, with a top celebrity. And I think so many people are interested in how you secured Kylie Jenner for that post. Yeah, so I, well, we had started doing influencer marketing with micro-influencers. We were starting off by giving people product, um, the product value was probably like $79. And we started working with, you know, people with a few thousand followers, um, and then scaled up to people with 10,000 followers, 20, 30, 40, over a hundred thousand followers. We started paying people, uh, you know, $50, $100, $1,000. So we really just scaled up over time. Uh, so it got to a point where one day I was thinking this is working really well. Um, this is obviously, you know, very effective. Uh, and why don't we do this on a larger scale? So I thought, let's do a celebrity. Um, and I tried to track down and I tried to contact Chris Jenner. <laughs> I love for, that. Lee Chris Jenner. Directly. Yeah, <laughs> Marmager. Um, I tried to track her down and contact her for months and I got no reply. So I kind of gave up a little bit on it contacting her then actually a celebrity talent agency met, uh, messaged or emailed us mm. and they provided this list of celebrities that had selena gomez um Nicki minaj like so many wow, influences. Big names. yeah it was it was really cool to see all of them on it and it had all their rates and we ended up picking kylie because i felt like she really aligned with the brand like mm. it was a shapewear brand and the kardashians are all about that Absolutely. hourglass figure and also she was my favorite. So um, we kind of negotiated a price. We signed a contract. Uh, and then I remember going to the bank and putting the money through, like trying to transfer all of this money overseas. And the bank, 
asked me, they were like, do you really want to transfer this money? Are you sure you want to do this in one transaction? Um, And I kind of thought to myself at that time, is this a scam? (laughs) Am I being ripped off? Um, But no, I had actually looked into into all of it. So, Mm. you know, it happened and she did the post. It was awesome. So yeah, that was that. So what does a post like that with Kylie Jenner cost you? So the post cost 300,000 New Zealand dollars. Wow. Yeah, so that was her one post on her Instagram shared to her Facebook. How did you convince the bank to give you $300,000 to pay a celebrity to do a post in 2017? Did they even understand what you were trying to do with this? Um, Oh, well, actually, we had bootstrapped. So the money was, yeah, like we didn't have a loan. It was just from sales that we'd already made, which kind of made me realize that you know influencer marketing Mm. is something that works i'm actually confident in putting that money well kind of confident (laughs) in putting that money uh into this yeah i mean that's a great cash flow to have from mostly just doing influencer marketing at the start of the business what kind of sales did you get from this and how did you track what she brought in so we did give her a gift uh discount code Mm. kylie and although people did use it some people didn't use the code but Mm. they were obviously on our website purchasing because of it because we had an increase in web traffic um we sold thousands of units um it's really awesome because she had a really global Mm. audience um but yeah we we probably took us a month and a half to recoup the costs Mm. um but also it was really good for pr like Mm. that is something that you can't really even pay for Mm. we had articles written about us all over the world um so in that sense it was really beneficial Mm. i can imagine and like you say the pr side of things is so huge too and the brand awareness that you got from working with her i remember seeing the daily mail new zealand herald anyone you could think of publishing about you about waist trainer um about what you had paid so yeah like you say it's not just about sales um there's a a whole lot of other things that come when you work with influencers absolutely from like a business point of view were you prepared for the sales that Kylie was to bring in did you say okay we need to get this amount of stock in we need to make sure we have this on the website was there kind of a preparation you went through as a business owner did you have everything in place or was there anything that you found out once you did the post that you needed that you would forgot about yeah absolutely we were prepared um we were really lucky because you know before all this covid stuff Mm. we had air freight so Uh. we yeah we could get in a large volume of product it was a very compact product shapewear Mm. um didn't take up a lot of space so the conditions were right and we were yeah we were we were able to fulfill that pretty easily good old days of air freight Mm -hmm. we miss that (laughs) at the start of the podcast you mentioned you've had seven different businesses Have you got other examples of times that you've used a similar strategy of influencer marketing and you've seen success from that? Well, I've been using influencer marketing since I started my first business. Mm. But um, another example, in 2019, I started a gift box company called Celebration Box. So this was a little box full of sweets and donuts and lollies. uh, And it has a little personalized message. And basically you'd come onto our website and buy it and send it to somebody else. Um, idea. Yeah, it was really fun and no one was really doing it in New Zealand mm. at the time. Um, so we kind of kicked off this brand by sending out hundreds of units of gift boxes to people all over New Zealand. Mm. We sent them out to uh, rugby stars. We sent them out to people on the radio, like mm. the biggest range of people. And people were just happy to accept them because they looked so cool and they put store- them on their stories. Uh, and infamously we sold accidentally sold 3,000 gift boxes in our sixth week after launch 
uh, which we completely just were unprepared for. Mm. And it actually turned out to be a bad thing because we didn't mm. have the resources to fulfill that volume of orders mm. in the six week after our launch. So Crazy. yeah, we actually got a bit of bad uh, press around this. Mm. Uh, but it also does go to show that influencer marketing is very powerful and very viral. So since then, what are the main changes that you've seen in influencer marketing? Well, I think in the last five years, social media has changed a lot as a whole. Mm. We went from the whole Facebook being the main platform to Instagram to YouTube, which was long form video, uh, to then Snapchat and then TikTok, which is short form video. And now more people spend time on TikTok than YouTube. Mm. So it's, yeah, super interesting seeing the people you know, the platform changes and mm. where people are spending their time. Yeah. Isn't it so hard to navigate as well? Like you kind of feel established on one platform, you've got a good social following there. And then all of a sudden everyone starts to switch towards something else. So how do you feel that you've had to pivot your strategy every time you see something like this happening? Um, do you do training with your team? Do you research on the, the platform, what you need to do on it? How do you really prepare for that platform change? Well, there's no way to really prepare yourself for it because every time there is a change, it's usually only announced and then implemented pretty quickly. Mm. Uh, but in saying that, we are working in social media marketing and we are doing this every single day. So we're on social every day. We're always trying to find the new trends, what's working, what's not. Um, it's also awesome working with a bunch of different businesses. So we can also say like, okay, this has worked for this. This is not what analyze it like you know, why are things working or not? So it's really looking at the data and learning from trial and error. And what do you think about the rise of TikTok? It has been crazy to watch TikTok as a platform and the growth that it's seen over the past year. Even think back to this time last year, it was an existing platform. We knew it was great, but it was more for organic use. It hadn't really been monetized in a way. It was more so dance videos, um, short kind of form videos on what people are doing, daily vlogs. It wasn't really monetized for business. But now in 2022, we're seeing a huge shift for businesses moving onto TikTok and using TikTok creators as a way to promote their products. TikTok is much more organic, short form, and we've seen lots of product placement as well that doesn't actually look like an ad, whereas Instagram, when someone's sitting there posing with a product, you can kind of tell that it's a paid advertisement, but brands are coming really creative now on TikTok and they're actually using creators as well to come up with ideas and strategies to put products to the audiences. So it's been really interesting to watch. And I think the rise of TikTok has also come with the fact that people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter all the different platforms that you can go on um, as a user and TikTok is just really quick um, different videos and it's new people as well like on Instagram um, you are scrolling for people who you follow you are seeing businesses you follow friends and family but on TikTok with the for you page now um, it's crazy that people are on that more seeing content from other people in different parts of the world than they are scrolling on Instagram seeing photos from their own friends and family so it's been really interesting to watch the rise in that and how businesses and creators are starting to monetize the platform. So in saying that, what platforms should you be doing influencer marketing on? I think it's really important to take a rounded approach and not just stick to one platform. If you do have a product that is maybe targeted at older people and you know that they're not on TikTok as much, um, then maybe focus more on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, other platforms like that, LinkedIn. Um, but if your product can be marketed to the masses, then yeah, we definitely suggest taking a rounded approach using all of the platforms, but making sure you're using the platforms in the way that they were intended to be used. So if you're repurposing your YouTube content onto TikTok um, and it's completely out of 
format. It's a long video. It's not going to convert well. People aren't going to engage with it. So make sure that you are creating content for that platform in the way it was intended to be used. Um, if you're using Instagram now, they've introduced the Reels feature. Make sure you're using that um, in the right way. And again, not repurposing Facebook or YouTube content onto that platform. Um, and same goes for TikTok as well. There's definitely been a rise in businesses using TikTok, um, but rather than repurposing other creators' content, they have their own creator in-house um, making reels, making TikToks. And it seems more organic and I feel like people engage with that way more when they see a face rather than just brand ambassadors and influencers content being repurposed. Yeah, and different people spend their times on the different platforms. So yeah, it is really important to be making content that is relevant to the people on the different platforms. So if you had unlimited resources, if you had unlimited time uh, and, and money, you would be on every platform. But if you had a really limited budget or really limited resources, you should probably just focus on the ones that are going to get you the most reach. And at the moment, that is Instagram Reels and TikTok. There is just the the ability to go viral on both of those platforms so those are really the platforms you want to focus on mm, and it's crazy seeing small businesses blow up so much on tiktok and on instagram now that they've introduced this viral feature so you can scroll now on your for you page or your instagram reels page and see content from a bunch of people um and it's so cool to see businesses who just post like bts behind the scenes i feel like that's something that's um, really grown in the past year people wanting to see behind the lens um but it's been cool to watch small businesses blow up and use those platforms to reach the audience and really connect with people who are going to buy their products so how many influencers should businesses be using or how much should they be spending on influencer marketing it definitely depends where the business is at, if they're a startup, if they're well established. I definitely think um, if you are a startup business and you're really wanting to get your product out there, it's probably better to focus on influencer marketing over paid advertising. This will help you build brand trust, get great content, and will also help you reach the masses as well. And I think there's no number on how many you should be working with, but here at Explosive, when we get a new client on board um, and they might have a product that no one has seen before, we recommend working with around 50 micro-influencers, gifting them product, um, and in turns you'll get reviews on the product, images, brand awareness, um, you'll get tagged in photos which gives you good brand trust. I mean the more people you work with the more social proof that you have, the more content you have. I read an article the other day on loungewear um, and how they have grown to be a million dollar company through influencer marketing as one of their main marketing strategies and that was really interesting to see the amount of product that they gift to people. I'm sure you could sit down any day of the week, scroll on Instagram and you'll see a girl posing in loungewear and promoting the products. So that was really interesting to see that their growth, a lot of it has been attributed to influencer marketing. So if you had unlimited resources, like we talked about before, you had unlimited product to gift, um, the more the better. But if you are just starting out, um, definitely put budget behind it because it's so, so worth it. Um, but start small and scale as you go more and more each month. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There's too many times where I've heard a brand say, you know, I didn't get any sales out of this, mm. uh, especially new brands. Like yeah. there is a marketing rule. I think you have to get in front of your customer or potential customer at least seven times before mm. they're going to even think about or remember your brand. So you need to repeatedly get in front of them over and over and over and over again. Um, and you can do that by, you know, obviously different marketing strategies, but just hitting that audience once is not enough. Mm. Um, it's got to be recurring. Yeah, absolutely. And also I like to think of it when I am marketing a brand, how I would think of 
what I would think as if I was the customer. So if I saw a product once on an influencer's feed, maybe say it's a nano influencer with four to 5,000 followers. If I saw it once there, I'd go, okay, great. This is a, a new product. looks kind of cool. I'll skip past it quite fast. But if there are continuous touch points throughout my journey, so I'm seeing it on maybe a macro influencer in a paid post. I'm seeing it through a giveaway. I'm seeing it through an ad. I'm seeing it through one of my friends who's posting it on their story. I feel like it's just a continuous multiple touch point kind of strategy where you do need people to keep marketing it, influencers to keep working with it. It's not just going to work that one time. Um, and I think a lot of people start to give up, like we just talked about, they work with one influencer. They don't see heaps of sales so they don't continue with that strategy but it's definitely something you need to push at we for our in-house brand title here we work with hundreds of influencers every month and i remember the first month that we started to message people and no one was even replying to us they're like what is this brand what is their product they didn't really want to work with us because they had never seen it before and now we actually get approached probably hundreds of times a day influencers messaging us asking to promote our brand when it wasn't always like that so i encourage you if you are starting out with influencer marketing be persistent with it keep working at it and don't just give up after the first month because it is definitely something you need to keep doing so do you think influencer marketing is more important than paid advertising or do you think they work hand in hand so they definitely work hand in hand. Um, I always say an omni-channel marketing strategy mm. is the best, like hitting people in real life and then through an ad and then influencer marketing. Like the more platforms you can get in front of people on, mm. the better. Mm. Um, so influencer marketing is absolutely critical for brand trust, uh, especially for new businesses. And then paid ads are just kind of there to remind people over and over again, perhaps educate people. So yeah, you really want to do both. Like mm. influencer marketing can also be pretty labor intensive trying to organize because somebody like a, a human has to <laughs> reach out to influencers and do all of the, you know, in between mm. versus Facebook ads or Google ads where you can just turn up the ad spend and then you're reaching more people. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely that they have their you know, pros and cons of both, but you should be using them together. Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well that you make with influencer marketing. It's a really great way to introduce someone to the product. Um, it's a great touch point, but then having paid advertising in the form of Facebook, Google, Pinterest, um, so you can keep retargeting that person once they have shown interest. It's yeah, a great point that you make that it's definitely crucial to use all of them, especially if you are trying to scale a business. You've got to the point where everyone kind of knows who your business is. They know what your products are. Um, it's really great that you have paid advertising to send people those ads and then and you have influencer marketing to continue to build that brand trust. And how can you measure the results of influencer marketing? Like, how do you know what mm. you're doing is working? Totally. A lot of people only measure it from how many sales they're getting in. Um, they look at, oh, I had this influencer post on this date and that their code got used this amount of times. Although that is the best way to track how it is working. Um, it's not just about the sales, although that is definitely the main goal of influencer marketing. It's the end goal with any kind of marketing is to convert a customer. But the other ways you can measure it after how many followers you gain from a post, how much your web traffic goes up on the day, how many people are talking about your brand and your brand awareness. There are many different ways apart from sales that you can measure the influencer marketing and the results. So we've talked a lot about influencer marketing today. It's probably a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> um, influencer marketing is extremely effective, but it can be surprisingly hard to do yourself. So if your car breaks down, you could fix it yourself or you could get a mechanic to fix it. At Explosive Social, our marketing agency specializes in influencer and social media marketing. We know all of the ins and outs, and we're arranging hundreds of influencer partnerships for our clients every single week. If you're looking to level up your social media and influencer marketing, visit the link in our description or head to our website, 
www.explosivesocial.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you like this content. And before we go, the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. And any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is to be done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you like this content and catch you next time.